You know, over the Christmas break, I got a chance to go with my wife to Hawaii, and it was amazing. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I missed my church family here in New Jersey. I mean, I, I feel called here. This is where God has led me. But, but okay, let me. I, I'll just be honest here. While I was there, I may have applied for the campus pastor spot in Waikiki. Aloha. All right, everybody, who's ready to do a little church today, huh? My brothers and my sisters, who's ready to do a little church? Can I get an amen? All right, all right. You know, it's not every Sunday that I get to break out this sweet goodness right here, the, the priestly robe, so to speak. You know, some people saw me backstage and they got all excited. Oh, we're really going to do church this Sunday. So anyways, for those of you who are new, I just want to welcome you. My name is Pastor Tom. Um, no, I, sorry. My name is Reverend. Thomas Inho Kang, okay? And as one of the pastors here at Liquid Church, I got to say, we are super excited to kick off this brand new series called Exposed, Confessions of a Pastor. Because you know something? This is the kind of series where every single week for the next several weeks, you're going to hear us pastors, sort of as Pastor Dave was saying, get real, right? As, as we literally begin to sort of unzip, right? Unzip or kind of get behind the collar of what it's like to actually be a pastor. Because believe it or not, pastors aren't that much different from guys that, well, that wear blue jeans, right? We're not that much different. Now, I know, I can see by, by the look of your face right there, actually, you, you're, you're thinking to yourself, you're, 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 you're like thinking, ooh, you know, this is, oh, this is going to be great. This is going to be my chance to get the dirt on that Pastor Tom. I knew it. You're thinking, oh, that Pastor Tim, I'm going to start recording things and taking massive notes because I was just waiting for Pastor I knew he had so many secrets. And you know something? I totally get that, folks. Because you see, you have to understand, before, before I became an ordained minister, right? Uh, b before they put those three letters in front of my, my name, R-E-V, before they started doing that, I remember thinking, whenever I saw someone decked out in these like holy rollers right here, right? Whenever I saw someone wearing one of these things, I thought to myself, man, you know, if anybody has their life together, clearly it's got to be that dude dressed in one of these, right? I mean, it, 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 he must like have like a direct line to God. I mean, surely if he's going through something, if he needs something, he's got like God on this speed dial. He's so connected to God. I mean, haven't you, honestly, haven't you ever wondered anything like that, right? I mean, what's it like to be a pastor. What's it like underneath the robe, right? It's like the guy, this really happened to me, he came over this past week, he was kind of working on our kitchen and stuff like that, underneath the sink and everything, and you should have seen the look on this man's face when he realized I'm a pastor. I was like in my sweats and t-shirts and stuff like that, you know, yelling at the girls, all that whole thing, right? And, and he's just like, whoa, 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 whoa. 
you, you actually live in a regular house? So I, I don't know if he like, thought I lived like, in a monastery or something like that. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You, you have a microwave? <laughs> but but, but that, looks, that looks like a real TV. Yeah, and actually has cable, too. I mean, imagine that, right? You see, in his mind, pastors weren't really ordinary people. And some of you, if you're honest, you you probably think the same way too, right? I mean, let's just be totally honest about this here. Let's kind of, you know, strip down all the pleasantries and all the pretensions. On some level, on some very basic level of your thinking, there's probably a part of you that thinks something like that. you, You probably think, you know what, pastors are just plain old... Mm, what's the word? Holy? No, 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 that's not... Weird. I think you said it right there. Yeah. Pastors are just plain old weird, you're probably thinking. Now, I, I, I get that, you know. I've, I've actually... I have, I have ears too, right? I've, I've overheard some of your conversations, especially coming out of this past series, you know, 2000X, you know, Pastor Tim was preaching up a storm, and, and I'm out there, right? I'm, I'm by the steps, or I'm by the door, and I'm saying goodbye to all of you folks. And I can, like, see it in your faces. I I can overhear your conversations. It's like some of you honestly believe that Pastor Tim, Monday through Saturday, that he, like, disappears in some sort of, like, secret cave somewhere where there's, like, harp music. And and there's this harp music just flooding the cave and like the Shekinah glory of God is just glowing. And and some of you, some of you actually think that he, he, he comes out of that cave after the week on Sunday morning with his hair perfectly quaffed with a word from the Lord, right? That, that, that's what you think, right? But you know something? Here's the truth. You want to know what it's like to be a pastor? The answer is, it's a lot like being anybody else see we go through the 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 same stuff that each of you do we we have the same arguments with our spouses right we have the same hard time putting our uh, our kids to sleep at night right we sit through the same traffic sometimes we curse right uh we we have we catch the same exact cold we pay the same exact bills we snow we we shovel the same exact snow in fact we even have the same exact temptations does that scandalize anyone here we actually have the same exact temptations every day of our lives i would even venture to argue sometimes more than many of you. In fact, you know something? There's this passage in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, which, which describes Jesus. He's this high priest. It describes Jesus this way. It says, For we do not have a high priest, and he's talking about Jesus here again, who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been what? What's the word there? Tempted in every way. Right? Just as we are, yet was without sin. You see, folks, here's the deal. Jesus Christ is the only priest. He's the only pastor without sin. (laughs) I I mean, imagine that, right? Jesus Christ, if if he's the one calling the shots, right? And and I'm under Jesus as this this sort of under-shepherd. I'm a fallible priest. I'm a fallible pastor, someone just like each of you. 
okay? And, but, but if you think about this, the Bible actually says that the way Jesus led people, the way that Jesus did that was through total exposure. In other words, think of it this way. The symbol of our faith is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the Lord of the universe, stripped, naked, vulnerable, exposed on the cross for all to see. And you know what? Call me crazy, but it's for that reason. That's why I actually think it just may be a good idea for us pastors to be exposed as well. And so you know what? I want to I actually begin this series uh, confessing to you um, certain struggles and certain sins that, that I have in my life. And I've got to be honest. Uh, some of you, this is going to make you feel uncomfortable. Because uh, honestly speaking, some of you, you... You actually, if we're honest about this, you actually prefer a pastor that is holier than thou. You don't, you don't want to see the dirt. You, you don't want to see the exposure, right? And, and, and so I just want to be very upfront here, and I just want to tell you that uh, what I'm about to share with you, is, it, it's, it, I'm exposing myself a little bit here, but, but it, it may feel, make you feel uncomfortable, but I need you to know that I kind of double and triple check this with, with Pastor Tim, and, and we agree that, that it's okay to share this. I mean, it's a little bit embarrassing, I, I, I'll admit. But, but I, I mean, I, I sort of feel like I, I, in some ways I'm actually throwing some of us pastors under the bus. But to be perfectly honest, we think it's a really good thing to do this, okay? To be perfectly honest, here, yeah, I'm a little nervous here. Here we go, okay? I have a confession, all right? Here it is. My name is Tom. And I have a confession. Sometimes we pastors lie straight to your face. Especially when it comes to this. For instance, a lot of times I'll tell people, and th this has actually come from my own lips. I, I remember one specific time, I actually did it even last week, right? Uh, we'll say something like this. Someone shares their problem, and I'll be like, dude, dude, wow, no, don't worry about it. You just, you just need to get into the Word. You just need to read their, your holy scriptures because it's so easy to understand. All your problems will be solved. All you need to do is just, is just read a little bit. No way. Not always. See, sometimes for all my, you know, academic degrees and, 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 and my little robe here, right, and the, and the collar and everything, for sometimes all that stuff, the Bible still confuses me a lot. It's true. You know, sometimes I have no idea what God's word is trying to say. And I'll be completely honest here. I'm, I'm kind of throwing Pastor Tim under the bus. Again, I got his permission. Uh, but, but how many of you, how many of you enjoyed this past series that we went through on, on the Bible and prophecy, 2000X? Can I see some hands? 
Let's see some hands. Okay, that's, that's like pretty much the whole room here, okay? Now, let me just say this, all right? I, I, that was just a phenomenal series, right? You're talking about Ezekiel, Revelation, you know, the, 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 you know, the Antichrist, Rapture, Armageddon. I mean, crazy, crazy stuff. Now, I don't know about you, but have you ever tried to read the book of Revelation by yourself? Yeah. It is confusing stuff. You start reading Revelation for your devotion, you'll be putting your babies through the microwaves and you're just going to be going crazy. You will go crazy trying to dissect that stuff yourself. It will take a, a, a perfectly sane human being and make them wacko. So bottom line, sometimes the Bible, I'll admit, it actually confuses me. There, I said it. Has anyone here ever felt like that? Yeah, all right, we've got some honest people here. I mean, you open up your Bible, and, and you, it's like, I'm, I'm not trying to guilt you here. I mean, you want to know God. I mean, you have a sincere desire. You want to get to know God. You want to draw closer to God. You, you know that you should. You know that you need to. You know that you want to. But you know something? This is not always easy to understand. Even though many pastors will have you thinking, oh, sure, it's like riding a bicycle, it's like reading a VCR manual, so easy. Not at all. <gasps> but you're a pastor. Yeah, I have been for almost 12 years. <gasps> but you went to seminary. Yeah, I was actually a teaching assistant there. I got my master's of theology there, and right now I'm currently enrolled in the doctoral program. But, 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 but Pastor Tom, last week when I asked you about those seven lampstands in Revelation and how they relate to the book of the prophecies found in Daniel, you said that, oh, yeah, no, 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 you see, I was just making all that stuff up. No, I'm just kidding. Some of you are like ready to throw stones at me. I, I'm just kidding about that part. But, but, but seriously, though, the Bible can sometimes be so confusing, even to especially to us pastors. In fact, sometimes it's like the more I read and, and study this thing, the more I read and study this thing, sometimes the more confused I get. And you know something? I, I just wonder if that's the reason why so many of us, we just sort of give up on this thing. Right? You know what I'm saying? I mean, there have been all sorts of, of studies and research done on biblical illiteracy over the years, but for our purposes today, I just thought I'd do a little diagnostic, a quick little diagnostic here to sort of get a feel for where we're all at in terms of our Bible literacy and our knowledge. So don't worry, I'm not going like, to call your mom and tell her, oh, you know, little Johnny failed the Bible test. No, no I'm not going to do that, or I'm not going to call your old Sunday school teacher. But, but okay, so he here we go, quick diagnostic here, all right? Number one. Uh, tell me if this is from the Bible or not, this passage. Is it from the Bible or not? A fool and his money are soon parted. Bible or not? Real quick. No. Not Bible? Yeah, Bible. How many say Bible? Okay, we've got about half, a uh, quarter of the room. How many say not from the Bible? Other quarter, and the other half of you don't know what you're talking about. Okay, that is not from the Bible. That's not from the Bible. Number two, which of these is a book in the Bible here? Book of Hezekiah, the book of Zephaniah, the book of Thomas, you know, you all heard of the Gospel of Thomas, or the book of Eli, okay? Uh, what do you say here? How many say A? Okay, how many say B? How many say C? How many say, really? <laughs> D. 
Oh my, okay, all right. The answer is B, Zephaniah, Zephaniah. Number three, Bible or not, really quick. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Is that from the Bible or not? How many say it's from the Bible? How many say it's not from the Bible? Again, about half. Half of you are wrong. It's from the Bible. Number four, name these three people that were thrown into the fiery furnace, okay? Peter, Paul, and Mary. B, Joshua, Caleb, and Aaron. C, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. D, Michael, Tito, and Jermaine. Okay, yeah, the answer is D. I'm kidding. It's C. You knew that. Come on. Last one here, number five, Bible or not, okay? The Lord helps those who help themselves. How many of you say that is from the Bible? Raise your hands. Be proud. You know it. Okay, all right. And how many of you say that it's not? Okay, some of you guys voted twice. It's A. It's not from the Bible. Come on, it's not from the Bible. So, okay, here we go. How'd you do, folks? Anyone here get them all right? Not a single person. Liar, liar. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Don't even pull that. All right, now you have to repent. Now you have to confess for, for lying. But anyways, if nothing else, okay, if nothing else, what that little exercise does, it, re, it reminds us. It's a sobering reminder, actually, that we are a culture that doesn't know as much about the Bible as we like to think that we do. And you know what? That's so sobering because there are a few key elements about the Bible that we should know stone cold. For instance, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says this. I'm reading from the NLT. It says, for the word of God is full of living, what's the word there? Power. Exactly. In other words, at the very least, we have to know, we have to remember that God's word is actually full of power. Dunamis, it's full of power. Okay? Now, what exactly does that mean? Right? All right. Well, turn with me here to, to Psalm 107, verse 20. It's found on there, page 424, just a, a couple of pages behind in your Bible there. 424. And let's see what kind of power we're talking about here, okay? Psalm 107, verse 20 says this. He sent forth his word. Let's read this next word together. And what did he do? Healed them, and he rescued them from the grave. In other words, God's power... God's word has the power to actually heal. Even more so, God's power, uh, God's word has the power to actually raise up from the dead. In other words, it can actually give life. This is amazing stuff. God's word can actually give life. Now that is amazing. Psalm 119 verse 105 says this. This is a very famous passage. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. In other words, God's word, the scriptures, actually provide guidance and direction in your life. Let me just ask you, just out of curiosity, this isn't part of the diagnostic, this isn't part of the test, but how many of you here, right now, this very moment, could use some divine direction in your life right now? Can I see some hands? Yeah. It's practically the whole, that's the whole room. You could use some divine direction right now, some divine guidance. It makes, it's true for every single one of us. So here's the deal, folks. Number one, God's word it has power. Number two, it specifically, it has the power to heal and give life. Number three, it has the power to give guidance and direction. And there's so much more, right? But think about this. This very thing. It offers power, healing, life, guidance, direction. You know, 2 Timothy 3.16, you know, all scriptures God brings useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training, and righteousness of the man of God will live up to, all that stuff. You, all this good, uh, good stuff. So my question to you is this. Why don't you read it? 
It's got all this good stuff. I mean, I, I'm serious. I'm, I'm not trying to guilt anyone here. I'm not trying to shame anyone here. But why don't you read it? I, I mean, it, that's just statistically true. You know, a, a recent survey says that only 23% of evangelical Christians, that's like most of us here, only 23% of evangelical Christians even open up their Bible to read it for one minute during the week outside of Sunday. Outside of Sunday. I mean, you know what? I, I, I totally get that. Some of you, some of you don't even want to open it now because you know that it's going to pop up on the screen, right? Again, that, that, that's, uh, uh, that's, I'm not trying to guilt or shame anyone here, but, but now, now here's the deal, right? Do, do you know why? Do you know why that is that, that we're so unwilling to open it and read it, even though it's so good for us? I, I actually don't think it's because you're lazy. Why do so few people read the Bible? Because this is hard to understand. It's hard to understand. It really is. And, and, and not just understand, but to, but to even take it a step further and to actually internalize it the way that Scripture actually instructs us to. Again, Proverbs, the book of wisdom says this. Proverbs chapter 7 says this. My son, keep my what? Keep my words. Keep my words and store up my commands within you. In other words, this, this, this Bible, this book has to be inside of you. In, internalize it. Verse 2, keep my commands and you will live. Guard my teachings as the apple of your eye. May they be sweet to you. Bind them on your fingers. Write them on the tablet of your heart. This is so interesting because, because some of us, we just sort of read that, uh, a passage like that, and, and, and we, we don't really get it, but this is actually like a literal thing. Some of you actually, uh, you probably saw this in the news. How many of you, just a couple of weeks ago, how many of you saw that plane that was grounded a couple of weeks ago uh, because that Jewish, that 17-year-old Jewish kid was reading the scriptures, he had the Talmud, and, and he, he was reading the scriptures and praying, right? Can I see some hands? How many saw that, right? Exactly. You see, what, what you and I need to understand is, is that at every Jewish boy, by the time that he was 10, was memorizing the first five books, the Pentateuch. He was memorizing the first five books of the Bible, okay? I mean, everyone here, r right now, just go to the end of Deuteronomy. Just, just, just find the end of Deuteronomy, okay? And just, it's 148, and just pinch it right there. Pinch it in your body, and just hold it up like this, okay? Can you believe that? Can you imagine that, that the Word of God, I mean, this 10-year-old would memorize the Word of God, the first five books. I mean, some of you, I mean, no offense here, some of you are like in your 60s and beyond, and you've not read the first five books of the Bible. Again, I'm not here to shame anyone, okay? I mean, I'll just be honest here. My girls, they have memorized every single word in, in Dora the Explorer, you know, I, I've memorized every single word from that stupid map song. I'm the map, I'm the map, I'm the map. Right? But why is that? Why is it that we can memorize that stuff, but we won't memorize any of this? Right? Here's why. Have you ever read this? It is confusing stuff. It, it is hard to understand. It is archaic in some parts. Right? And sometimes you're like reading a genealogy, you're like reading a, 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 you know, Old Testament dietary law, and you have no idea 
what it is talking about. See, if you can, if you can relate to this, let me just see if you can relate to any. Does anyone here ever do anything like this, okay? You want to connect with God. Right? You, maybe you heard a message, maybe you're thinking of a song during the week, it's Tuesday morning, and, and you know, okay, okay, this I'm going to do it, I'm going to listen to the Word of God, I'm going to read the Word of God, I'm going to get connected, okay? And so what do you do? Anyone here identify with this? You, you wake up in the morning, and before you commute, you do one of these. Okay, it's what I call Bible lotto. Okay, God, uh, I just need a good one today. Bless me today, God. Bless me today. I just need a good one right over here. You may eat any animal that has a split hoof divided in two and that chews the cud. Okay, God, great. Thank you, Jesus. I'll I'll remember that during my lunch break today. What does that have to do with anything, right? What does that have to do? That's how we do it. Sometimes we play a little Bible lotto. But this 17-year-old Jewish kid, right, he boards a plane. It was right here in LaGuardia, actually, right? I think he left from LaGuardia. He was going to Kentucky or something like that. And, and, and he's got the whole teflon, right, which is like the leather box, and it's got the leather straps, and, and he binds it to his head, and he wraps it around his arms, right? And, and it's part of his morning prayer ritual, right? And, and he boards the plane, and, and they take it out again. Why? Why did they go through all the trouble to do this? Because literally, it was a matter of life and death for the people of God back then and for this Jew person right now, right? The scriptures were something that they could talk about and that they would talk about. They would bind it on their bodies, on their persons, so that everywhere they went, they were constantly saturated with the word of God. They'd be going to the grocery market and they would have the word of God literally on them. They would be talking to their children, walking them to school. They would have the word of God on them. They would walk back home after picking up the kids. They would have the word on them every single day. In other words, this was the first step to actually internalizing God's word constantly and take small steps towards understanding the word of God. Do you know something? I am nowhere even close to that i mean honestly speaking so much of this is so hard to understand that that you you want to know what i really do sometimes Uh, a lot of times um i go to what i call my comfort passages right these i don't really play bible lotto anymore i kind of advanced I go to my comfort passages. These are the passages in the Bible that I feel like, you know what, I have a fairly good understanding of this particular book, of this particular passage, of this particular chapter. This is something that I, 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 feel, I feel convicted about and I feel pretty comfortable abiding by or at least trying to. I, I call these my comfort passages, you know, like, like your comfort foods, you know, like mac and cheese, cheeseburgers, bacon, that sort of thing, right? Well, well some of these are actually my comfort passages. I feel like, you know, sometimes we know this much about a whole lot of things. And, and so what we do is, is we, we flip through this thing and we say, ah, nah, I don't need to read that. No, no, not that. Oh, yeah, here's a good one. You know, oh, you know, uh, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. 
plans to prosper you and not to harm you. That's a comfort passage for me. Uh, uh, no, I don't need to read that. I don't need to read that. Oh, here's one. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. That, that's a comfort passage for me. We, we, we go to the same well every single time, and we somehow expect to, like, magically, spiritually grow. Right? I, I do it all the time. In fact, you know, if I'm completely honest with you, if I confess a little bit more, you know, sometimes, where did my little degree go? I, I sometimes I, I have my little, you know, Bible, you know, theology degree, right? And, and I use it to sort of to sort of hide behind. I, I use it as my my fig leaf, right? Sometimes I, I use the, the priestly robes and I, I hide and I use it. I don't know why I'm covering my breasts, but I, I, use, it, I use it as my fig leaf. Y- you all know what a fig leaf is, right? A, a fig leaf is something that you use to, to cover up the shameful parts. Sometimes I use my Bible degree. Sometimes I use my priestly robe. Now, you won't see me put this on a lot, but sometimes I use the collar, right? I, sometimes I use the, the position uh, of, of pastor and I use that to cover up things that, that I'm embarrassed of or, or my lack of knowledge right and again I, I, I told you I, 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 some of you you actually think that I have like this incredible knowledge you, you've been on the website maybe you've seen oh you know Johns Hopkins Dallas Seminary Columbia whatever and you think that I'm filled with no way no way you want to know what happens more often than not a lot of times here just being totally honest with you uh Sometimes some of, some of you will ask me a question, right? A biblically based question. This happened a lot actually during this past series, 2000X, prophecy, right? You'll ask me this question from the Bible, and believe it or not, I'm not proud of this, but usually I go one of two ways. Uh, n- number one, uh, sometimes I go to the storehouse of what I know, right? Uh, uh, like, I, like I feel like I know the first three Gospels pretty well. John is a little confusing, but, but I feel like I know the first three Gospels pretty well. I, I feel like I got a, a good grasp on the minor prophets. Now, don't ask me about Daniel and Revelation, but I can quote you some things in some of the minor prophets, you know, and, 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 and I just basically, I go to my comfort passages, right? And I try to provide you answers from there, or even worse, right? Check this out. I'm, again, I'm not, I'm not proud of this. Another little confession here. I Kind of actually, honestly, I mean seriously, I'm kind of ashamed to admit this a little bit. Uh, but sometimes I use theological jargon that just confuses people. I know it does. I used to do this a lot. I don't do it as much anymore, honestly. I, I, I try to just be honest and just call it out and say when I don't know. But honestly, I, I'm so, uh, I'm going to hate myself for saying this, but early on in my ministry, like the first year Two, a year or two out of out of seminary when I was first you know a pastor I, I would I would go this route a lot okay because I was just so insecure and, and I'm not proud to say this or anything but but if someone came up to me and said something like this you know what hey pastor Tom you know I, I was reading the book of Daniel you know and it was talking about the fulfillment of the end time prophecies and, and, and you know I was just wondering if you could just help me understand this well a lot of times my answer would be something like this <laughs> well, that's because you haven't grasped the, the hermeneutical spirals that exist in the dispensational progressive revelation. And, and you, just, you need to do your proper exegesis. <laughs> Get away from me. That, that would be like my attitude. That would be my heart. Folks, what are these? These are, these are, these are fig leaves. 
These are fig leaves. That's a fig leaf, right? Hiding behind knowledge or the lack of it, right, as the Proverbs would call it, that, that is the exact opposite of wisdom as described in the book of Proverbs, right? So you know what I've decided? This is what I've decided. Because your understanding of the scriptures is so important, uh, because your understanding of even the difficult parts of scripture is so much more important, way more important than my pride or what I look or sound like or my insecurities, okay, I've got to actually come clean. I want to come clean here, and I want to stay clean, okay? I, I'm not going to hide behind any more fig leaves. I'm not going to hide behind the robes and the degrees and anything like that. No more talking above anyone's head. In fact, as a token of my sincerity, as a token of, uh, of, 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 of my, uh, my repentance even, okay, I want to share with you right now some tricks of the trade, some things that have actually helped me as an ordained pastor, right? Some things that have actually helped me understand the Bible much better. In other words, I'm about to let you in on a little secret that a lot of pastors, for whatever reason, just wouldn't feel comfortable giving away. Check this out. So glad you could join me. I was just parsing a few Greek verbs here. Now, I understand that you want to learn how to read your holy scriptures. Well, everyone knows that the first place to start is in the original languages. What you want to do is have a firm grasp of Greek, uh, Hebrew, a little bit of Aramaic wouldn't hurt either. But I tell you what, if you really want to go even deeper into the scriptures, well, then it's very basic. You have to have at least a, a section of this in your library here, your, your dictionary of the Old Testament. You want to start right here. <laughs> Guys, can I just be totally honest with you here? Let me let you in on a little secret. The fact of the matter is, you do not have to have all of those stinking books, okay? You don't even need to know Greek or Hebrew or Aramaic to have a good foundational understanding of Christianity, to have a solid relationship with Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, here's the deal. We pastors, we actually cheat. There are tools right on the internet that you, every single one of you, have access to today to help you understand the scriptures better. In fact, I'm going to show you three of those tools right now. Check this out. All right, folks, the first site I want to take you to is something called uversion.com. What I love about uversion.com is there's this section right here called New Reading Plans. I love this because what it does is uh, it offers you this choice of all these different Bible reading plans. You can read the whole Bible in a year. You can read the Old Testament once and the New Testament twice in a year. Um, that's one of the benefits of this particular site. 
The second site I want to take you to is BibleGateway.com. What I like about BibleGateway.com is this. You can actually do a word search. So say you wanted to um, kind of study all the references to the word love in the Bible, right? So what you do is just type in the word love, hit enter, and it'll show you every single reference. This is really helpful, especially when you can't when you, you can't think of that that particular verse that you have in mind, or you want to quote this particular passage, but you, you can't really think of where it exactly it is. You just type in the words that you do know, that you do remember from it, and that will help you along that way. The last site that I want to take you to is something called SonicLight.com. There's a little tab there that says Study Notes. Now here's the deal. Uh, sometimes we're all going to find ourselves in a situation where we're reading through a particular passage. Let's say it's in the book of Isaiah. And we come to this verse where we just don't understand what on earth it's talking about. Well, there are things called commentaries. This is a free commentary online. It'll give you an introduction, title and writer, what that's all about. It provides you an outline of the whole entire book as well as a verse-by-verse -verse exposition, a verse-by-verse -verse study of every single word, every single verse in that particular book. So for every single passage of the Bible, every single verse of the Bible, you have a resource there. You have a great commentary at your disposal for any time, anywhere. Okay, folks, and that's how pastors cheat. Those are the tricks of the trade. Really easy. See you next time. Ah, the good old intro ad, but you know something? Here's the deal. If I were on an island, right, limited resources, no internet, no intraweb, all that stuff, right? If I were on an island, no library, just a Bible in my hand, and if I had to choose just one particular tool, just one investment, just one thing that I knew would really help me to understand the Word of God better, what would that one investment be? Bible 101. Bible 101, folks, this is a brand new life class that we are rolling out in just a few short weeks, okay? This is a four-week class. It's going to start the week after Valentine's Day on February 21st. So just very easy to remember, you know, take your significant other out and then say, hey, you want to take a Bible class next week? So February 21st is just four short weeks. It lasts till March 14th. And basically what this class, why this class is so important, why this class is so good is this. In four short weeks, we are going to give you three hardcore serious tools. We're going to show uh, the, the, the secrets behind observation, interpretation, and application. Basically, we're going to show you how to be better observers. What do you actually see in your Bible? What does it actually say? We're going to teach you how to be better interpreters. Okay, from what you see and from what it says, from what is clearly there, how can you interpret it? How does that translate to today? And most importantly, when it's not just about filling you up in your head knowledge. How can you apply it? We're going to teach you how to be better appliers of the Word of God. Observation, interpretation, application. That's what it's about. You know what, folks? It's like this. You know, you've heard that kind of saying all the time, right? If you give a person a fish, he'll be fed for a day. If you teach a person how to fish, what does it do? It feeds that person for a lifetime. That's exactly what Bible 101 is about. We want to actually teach you how to feed yourself. You know, a lot of you, I know, I get it, I, I'm like this too. 
I walk away from so many Sundays so, like, inspired. So my, my appetite is wet just to read the scriptures more, right? Does that, does that happen to some of you, right? That's great. That's the whole point. That's one of the main points of Sunday. You want to be hearing these words. Even today, we didn't, like, delve into the scriptures really deep. You know, we didn't do, like, tremendous exegesis or anything like that. Even the past series, all these other series that we do, you know, the, the, a large part of the point is actually to wet your appetite on Sunday so that Monday through Saturday... You take the little bit, the tip of the iceberg that we've shown you, and you actually dig deeper into the Word so that the rest of the week you actually feed yourself. That is our heart. That is our passion. That's what we want to do. We want to equip every single person here to read the Bible and feed yourself throughout the week. It is great stuff. And catch this. When you sign up for a class like Bible 101, any of our life classes for that matter, it, it I'll just be up front. It is not the easiest thing in the world. It's not the easiest thing, but it can change your life, and that is no overstatement. It can change your life because we are literally giving you the tools, and, and it's not just so that you know more. It's actually so that you grow more in your heart for God and in your heart for His Word. It's so that you can grow more in your love for Jesus Christ, the high priest, the real high priest. And, and in fact, there's this quick passage, right? The last one is this quick passage found in, in John chapter 5, right? And, and, and basically, this passage has made all the difference for me, right? Because you see, Jesus was talking to these men who were, who were wearing the Teflon, right? They, they, were, they were bound. They had the scriptures bound to them. And these were the people that would memorize the scriptures, they would memorize the Torah. They would memorize the Pentateuch. And, and, and he, said the, 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 he said the kind of thing to them that just totally keeps my heart in check when my, when my mind starts to get a little too big, right? It starts getting a little too big for your britches, right? That sort of thing. Jesus told them this. Check this out. You diligently study the scriptures because you think that by them you possess eternal life. These are the scriptures that testify about me. Yet you refuse to come to me to have life. Folks, what's the whole reason why we take the Bible so seriously? Why we put one of these bad boys on every single seat? every single week if you're watching online why we offer one to every single person watching online why is that right it's because this is it's it's the living word why why do we confess our sins why do we take something like like bible 101 so seriously it's so that we can actually become closer followers not only of the word but of the of the living word the great high priest. It's so that we actually become great followers, not, of the, not just of the Word, but of the Word made flesh among us. Jesus Christ. Remember, He was exposed. He, he put Himself on a cross, totally open for inspection. And He said, you know what He said? He said, come look at me. You know what? Come, come examine me. I've got nothing to hide. Come learn from me. Come inspect me. Come investigate me. And now, come give your life to me and follow me. Because you know what? 
I have the words of life. I am the life. All of this, folks, all of the Bible testifies to Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And that is why it's worth our total investment. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, you are such a good God. And Lord, you know, that confession is so true. I... Sometimes I totally hide behind this whole pastoral role. And I remember the, the younger, stupider days of my ministry hiding behind fancy theological terms and nuances. And I hate that, God. I, I want to walk away from that. I, I repent against that, God. I don't want to hide anymore. And I just want to confess that your word is hard to understand sometimes. And a lot of times I give off the impression that, oh, it's so easy. If all you did was just read your Bible, your life would be so much better. But that's just not true. This thing is hard to read sometimes. It's frustrating. It's confusing. It's, it's dry. It's, it's, it's archaic in so many areas. But, but God, God, I confess right now that I also am reminded this moment that your word, it, it's not just about your words written on paper, but there's a living word, Jesus Christ, and that these words actually testify to Jesus Christ, and that, that Jesus Christ is the living word, and in him is found life. And every single, every single word testifies and points towards Jesus Christ, and it's in him that we delight, and we thank you so much, God. So I just pray, Father, I, I thank you that, that, that sometimes... Uh, everyone here, we can learn a lot more from a pastor's weaknesses uh, just as we can from a pastor's strengths. And so I pray that our time spent together, that, that everyone here will have learned uh, from my own confession, God, and that we can take steps, actually, to learn together to be, ha- uh, to, to be better understanders and better appliers of your word. And it's in Jesus Christ's name that we pray. Amen.